A note for our listeners, this story contains graphic and detailed allegations of sexual assault. Discretion is advised. I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Reporters Cynthia Dizekis and Alexandria Bordis have been investigating Dominic Fapoli, the mayor of Windsor in Sonoma County, and women's allegations that he sexually assaulted them. They had told the stories of five women until now, but now there's a sixth. Cynthia is here to share the woman's story and explain why an email the woman sent to town officials in 2017 spelling out what happened didn't accomplish much. Cynthia Dizekis, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Heather. Well, you have been doing incredible work investigating Dominic Fapoli, the mayor of Windsor in Sonoma County. Um, so far, uh, five women had um, accused him of sexual assault, but you have a new story um, from a sixth woman. You're calling her by her middle name, which is Jane. And I wondered if you can walk us through um, what Jane is saying uh, Mayor Fapoli had done to her. Absolutely. So my colleague Alexandria Bordas and I, as you mentioned, have been covering sexual assault allegations that have been made against Windsor Mayor Dominic Fapoli. And as part of that coverage, in our first story that ran earlier this month, we wrote about a complaint that was sent to the um, Windsor Town Council and to then-Mayor Deborah Fudge in 2017, alleging sexual misconduct by Fapoli in 2013 um, toward a group of women who said that they had rented the guest house at his winery. And so in that first story, we wrote about some of the allegations in the complaint. Uh, they included that he was uh, allegedly secretly topping off women's wine glasses, uh, at one point tried to pull the bathing suit off of one of the female guests, and also um, uh, pressured uh, party guests to wear togas fashioned out of blankets, and at one point tried to remove the underwear from his uh, female employees. So that's what we reported at the time. But at the time, we didn't know the identity of the woman who had written this t complaint to Windsor town officials. Mm -hmm. And and so we couldn't talk to her. We couldn't ask her, you know, was there anything that wasn't included in here? Um, any other details that might have been missed? And that changed after the story ran because she actually reached out to us. Uh, we were able to talk to her. And in those interviews, we learned that she um, also was alleging that the mayor had assaulted her in the hot tub that night. Mm. Mm -hmm. What did she say happened? So she said that um, he had showed up to the house to the guest house that night while she and her friends were um they were making dinner they were you know kind of having a relaxing night in and um and he stayed there and that made her feel really uncomfortable that she said it made some of the other guests feel uncomfortable and so at one point to get away from him she said they went outside to the winery's hot tub and they got into the hot tub but she said that he followed them out there and got in as well and um and then clapped off the lights outside apparently there was a motion sensor of some sort told everyone to look up at the stars and at that point exposed his penis underwater and thrust it into her hand and oh my gosh and yeah so she said she just sort of wordlessly got up and got out of the hot tub mm -hmm. um and this was an incident that really, she said, really weighed on her. So um, 
she was really quiet. The next day, we spoke to um, a friend of hers who was there, who noticed that she was like, uh, you know, not herself. And and she ultimately ended up telling, you know, her friends about this incident and her fiance at the time, who um, had actually got a wine club membership with Christopher Creek, which is why they sort of had access to this guest house. She, um, she told us in a separate interview that they immediately got rid of their, you know, case of Christopher Creek winery that they had, they had received through this membership. And she emailed the, um, wine club manager and told her, you know, I want to cancel this immediately. And she provided email documentation of this. And in that conversation with the wine club manager, she ended up also disclosing that she wanted to cancel this because she said that her fiance had told her she had been sexually assaulted by Fapoli. And, um, and so Jane, you know, she talked to us a lot about how emotionally she sort of carried this with her for a really long time. Um, she, was terrified to get into hot tubs, you know, would not, you know, if she were hanging out with friends, would not want to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And she had to miss some, you know, days from work in the direct aftermath. So, um, so yeah, she said that it was a moment that really stuck with her. And at the time, she didn't know anything about uh, Fapoli's political ambitions. In 2013, he was not in elected office. He was, uh, um, he was a planning commissioner with the town of Windsor, so overseeing development in the town. But he wouldn't be elected to office until November 2014. And so she didn't know any of that. So she kind of, you know, went on with her life and ended up moving to Santa Rosa in or around 2017. And she said, you know, she was in Santa Rosa and happened to see this headline referring to him as vice mayor of Windsor. So he was the vice mayor at the time. And she said that that just really triggered her um, and that she thought, you know, she had this like very strong emotional response that given what she said happened to her, she felt that it was completely inappropriate for him to be in public office in a sort of position of power. Um, and, And so just kind of spur of the moment, she said she wrote this email into Deborah Fudge, who was the mayor at the time. And that ultimately ended up becoming, you know, part of the public documents that Alexandria and I received when we filed a public records request to the town of Windsor when we were embarking on this project. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth in Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. And what do we know about what Deborah Fudge or anybody else who saw the email when it was initially sent in 2017? What did they do? How did they respond? Yeah, so we um, we have some insights into that from additional records that the town provided. And then also, since our first story ran, this has been a, you know, it c- kind of intense um, focal point for um, the wider community, that the fact that the town you know, had this 2017 complaint and then what they did Mm -hmm. with it. And so um, we know that when um, 
Deborah got the email. She, you know, within minutes, she forwarded it to the uh, town manager at the time and the town attorney. She also, I believe the next day, contacted Jane and she told her she really appreciated her reaching out and um, and knew that it was a hard thing to do. And she had this interchange with her where Jane said, you know, she appreciated Deborah's response and, you know, really trusted the town to do their due diligence. So they had that initial contact. And then um, and then the town, um, you know, there were emails back and forth between the town manager and some of the town council members. They were going to meet. They ended up canceling that meeting. Ultimately, the email did get forwarded to the rest of the town council. And, um, and, and also Fapoli's response to that. So he adamantly denied the allegations. He, uh, emphasized in his response to the town council that it in no way related to his role in public office and was from before the time when he was elected. So after that, you know, since that story came out, the town has, um, also been a little bit more explicit about what their conversations were around launching an investigation or passing this along to police. And they've said at the time that they did not launch an investigation or pass it along to police because Jane told them that, you know, she was not interested in going the um, the law enforcement route. And, and we talked to her and she said that, you know, that's accurate. Like she expressed that to Deborah Fudge when she talked to her. But she said that she never specified that she didn't want the town to investigate. So, um, right. So as near as we can tell, after receiving, um, you know, sort of her statement and his statement, the town decided not to appoint Fapoli mayor that year. At the time, the mayor position was kind of a rotating position where every December the uh, other, you know, the town council members would appoint a mayor and a vice mayor and that would rotate every year. Was that because of the email that they Yeah, so they didn't pass it to law enforcement, but what they said they did do is that year they did not promote Fapoli to the mayor position and they saw that as a punishment. Hmm. Did Jane weigh in on that? Did she think that was enough action? Taken we or did, did you ask, ask her? her? And so at the time, she said that she was really happy with that. She felt like, I mean, I think, you know, in our story, she said she felt like it was a win. She felt like she was really heard and and she, you know, had nothing but good things to say about her interactions with Deborah Fudge and just felt like it was handled really well. And then, you know, she was not that, she, you know, she had not been covering Windsor politics and she didn't follow you know, any of their actions in the years to come. And only like as of late that our stories had been publishing, has she been, you know, tuned into Mm -hmm. this again. And so she did not know that, you know, a year from that time, so this would be December 2018, that they did go on to appoint him mayor. And they did so again in December 2019. And, and then in November 2020, he won the town's uh, first mayoral election. And um, and so she hadn't known that. And when we talked to her about that, she said that it was actually really upsetting that, um, that he had been allowed to uh, sort of progress in his positions over the town. So the only real ramification was that the progression was delayed by a year, it sounds like. Exactly. 
Yeah. You always are. Do your due diligence to reach out to Mayor Fapoli. And I know you did for this story as well. And what was the response? So um, we have reached out to Fapoli and his lawyer. And um, as of the recording of this podcast, they <laughs> they said that they do expect to send a response. We have not um, we ha- we have not received it yet, but he has previously denied um, the allegations that have been made against him, including the ones that we have previously reported on related to this 2013 incident. And so he said last week, I know deep in my heart that I have done nothing criminally wrong and eventually will be cleared. So those are the responses that we have received so far. There have been a couple of other developments since you were on Fifth and Mission last. Um, One was kind of a wild town council meeting that you followed was that last week? All oh, the days blur together for me in the pandemic. Yes, for for you, for you and me both. Um, so that was uh, last Wednesday, and it was really an extraordinary town council meeting. Um, you know, I I came up as a reporter covering local government a long time ago, and mm-hmm. um, I certainly have never covered a town so- town council meeting like that before. There, um, It was conducted over Zoom because of the pandemic, and, and the subject, you know, of this meeting was um, for the town council to discuss ways in which they could unseat um, Fapoli because despite calls from, you know, more than two dozen elected officials in this area for him to resign. He has uh, refused to do so. And so the town council held this emergency meeting on, um, you know, how how to best go about doing that, which is a recall effort, and then also to have a vote that basically asking him to resign, even though that vote really holds no weight. It's more symbolic, mm-hmm. but they also did that. And and he presided over most yeah. of this meeting because he's the mayor. And and that, that is... That seemed like a real conflict to me. And the, like they should have had the vice mayor do it, right? So it caused a lot of um, uh, uh, anger, I would say, from the people who spoke, the... Um, you know, Windsor residents, Sonoma County residents, there were, um, you know, person after person speaking about these allegations, asking him to step down and periodically saying how offensive and perverse it was that he was running the meeting. Um, mm-hmm. So eventually, uh, I would say several hours into the meeting, he actually left and Sam Salmon, the vice mayor, presided over the rest of the meeting. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, some women were actually um, alleging things in the public comment about him as well, right? Yes. So there were some additional allegations of uh, sexual misconduct as well as other misconduct. And despite so many calls for him to resign, he still hasn't resigned. But he did say he would, quote, step back as mayor a few days ago. Can you explain um, if you understand it better than me, what that means and and how that would change things for him? Yeah, definitely. So um, as I mentioned, there's been this overwhelming call for him to resign. And on Friday last week, he made this announcement that he would be stepping back from his um, sort of active duties as mayor. And so um, as near as we can tell, that means that unless he is 
needed to sign a resolution or to create a quorum for some reason, he will not be attending town council meetings. Um, and, and so in that way, we'll be taking a less sort of public facing role. Has this appeased people or are they still angry and calling for him to fully resign? It has not. Um, I, I would say the town manager went the furthest was saying, you know, this will, this will at least help make it less of a distraction because he won't be at these meetings. So he did acknowledge that last week, but overwhelmingly um, his fellow town council members and other people in the community have said, this is still an act of defiance, um, you know, in what they have been asking, which is for him to step down. And um, lastly, I just wanted to ask you as a fellow journalist, what it's been like for you to cover this story and to hear so many heart wrenching um uh, painful um, stories shared by these women that, you know, now you've heard six of these and they're very detailed and, and hard to read, let alone hard to hear as a reporter, I'm sure. So I wondered if you could touch on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my colleague Alexandria and I um, have been obviously spending quite a lot of time uh, documenting these women's accounts and, you know, corroborating them, talking to um, people who they told or people who might have witnessed these events going through other documentation that um, has established what they said happened to them. And um, that's all because we think that this is an incredibly important story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, it's one that these women felt had, you know, not been addressed and by various, you know, sectors. And so... Um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, these stories themselves are very detailed. I think we thought it was important to document, you know, what sexual assault entails and um, and 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 so that this community can have the conversation it's having now. Yes. Well, I applaud your good work and thank you for joining me on Fifth Admission. Thanks, Heather. Thank you to Cynthia Dizekas for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. 